Yo, yo. Check it, Howlers. <laughs> Couple quick warnings before we get started here today. First warning. <laughs> this podcast contains adult content. We have a very important message. Don't be a little pixie. Like, not at all. No, no pixies allowed. No pixies here. No <laughs> plenies. Whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, second warning. This podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising series. If you have not read the books, please consider not listening to the podcast any further. Go read the books. Come back. Listen to the podcast. Yeah, mom. <laughs> Where can people find us on social media? You can find us at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. All is HowlerPod, one word, H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. Also, you can email us, HowlerPod at gmail.com. And a call to action to rate and review the podcast so that we can spread the gospel of thine uh, Pierce Brown. Five stars only, or we will, you know, strap you to a ship, crash the ship, let it hang. And then from, eat you. And <laughs> let, let you hang from the ceiling and then eat you. Yeah. As your nails break. Right. As you're fighting. Okay. And now, Howler Pod. Oh. oh! A dark fear sweeps through me as all of Lauren's warnings about Aja come rushing back. Never fight a river and never fight Aja. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Hale Pierce Brown. Who is it? <laughs> it's Pierce Brown. I was just doing like I, Hail I Reaper. Hail Pierce I Brown. It. I am your host, Ben Reinert, co-hosting with me today, as always, the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. We are here to talk to you guys about Morningstar. Still working on Morningstar. I almost said Golden Star. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. Chapters 26 through 30. Get the tissues ready. It's going to be a tough one today. I had a hard time showing up. <laughs> so let's load up the star shell bin and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. Hopefully, we don't get eaten by little, little man eaters. Or cry our eyes out. Dude. <laughs> so, like, I don't even know how I went to work this week. I'm, I'm not, so depressed. I'm not worried about shitting my suit. I'm just worried about bawling on the podcast. All right, you can start us <laughs> off. Let's go. Chapter 26, The Ice. Darrow and Mustang's ship sinks into the ice-cold sea after crashing through the ice. They free themselves from their restraints as the cabin begins to fill with water. They make one last-ditch effort to grab any kind of supplies they can take, then take a breath and swim out into the dark waters surrounding the ship. Together, they are able to swim up to the ice above and cut a hole in it with their razors, they pull themselves out of the water and find that they are on the edge of an ice shelf between the coast and the Black Sea surrounding them. 
They then see an explosion of water and ice as someone fires a pulse fist from underneath. They run over as Holiday pulls herself free. They ask her where Ragnar is, and she says she doesn't know. He's still under the ice. Something attacked Holiday down there, and he pulled it off. Daryl moves to jump back under the ice, but Holiday won't let him go, threatening to shoot him in the leg if he goes any further. Ragnar is not the mission, she says. Darrow prepares to lunge at Holiday, but before he can, Mustang flashes past and dives into the hole with her razor in one hand and a flare in the other because she's a total badass. So bae. <laughs> that was a pretty, pretty baller move right there. I was thinking when that if they had global warming, then they would have the ice more melty like we do, <laughs> and then it would have been easier to escape. But unfortunately, they haven't gotten that far. Nope. Chapter 27, Bay of Laughter. So funny. (laughs) Daryl rushes to the hole in the ice and follows Mustang's light as she swims underneath the water. The light begins to fade, and Daryl slams his razor into the ice, lifting and hurling a large chunk of ice above where the light had disappeared. Mustang then bursts to the surface with Ragnar in tow, but they both have these really horrible, nasty creatures. Oh, my God. Like, you know Discovery <laughs> Channel with or National Geographic when they show you the, the deep, deep ocean? You're yeah. like, what the fuck is that? That's not real. It's like that, but way worse. Crossed with like a maggot worm. <laughs> it was just really gross. And uh, <laughs> coincidentally, they were attached to their backs and mm-hmm. slowly eating them alive. Ugh. So then Darrow um, cuts both of the creatures off with his razor, but Ragnar isn't breathing. Darrow performs CPR and brings him back to life. They now assess their situation. They have barely any equipment or supplies. Their only weapons are their razors and Holiday's rifle and pistol. They are exposed to the elements and their seal skin suits are compromised. The only thing that they have going for them is that the ship chasing them also crashed. Thanks, Ragnar. He shot them out of the sky with a shoulder launcher, like a total badass. Like there was no tracking. He just like happened to be able to aim while they were falling (laughs) and hit their ship. So cool. It had to be terrifying for the other people in the ship. Just like seeing Ragnar. What's up? (laughs) So um, they can see the smoke rising from the mountains uh, where the other ship had crashed. Now they need to find shelter or they're all going to die because there's a storm rolling in and it's going to get to like what? Negative 400 or something. Yeah. I forgot. the Too number. cold to live. You will all die and Ragnar won't and he'll have to watch everyone die. So Holiday asks if there are nomad tribes of obsidians so maybe they could get help. And Ragnar explains, yeah, but they eat people and it's prime eating people season <laughs> because it's winter. Great. So they need to find a way to communicate with Darrow's men in space. But the only tech in the area is the crashed ship that had chased them there. Mustang makes the conclusion that it was definitely Cassius that followed because she is so smart and so bay. <laughs> Together, they make the decision they have to go to the downship, even if they have to fight, because it's the only option. A storm's coming. They got to go. Cassius, he will definitely have a squad of elite gray soldiers, but their only option, besides freezing to death, is fighting. They gather their gear and prepare to leave, but Mustang's like, 
What if Aja is with Cassius? Uh, she, <sighs> she is, you guys. She's definitely there. Why don't you listen to me? Boiler. All right. Chapter 28. Feast. The storm falls as they come upon the downed ship. It's been split, and the back third of the ship sits about a half kilometer away from the main cabin. They decide to split up. Holiday will dig in with her rifle and provide cover. Ragnar is going to check out the back part of the ship. Mustang and Darrow are going to check out the larger portion down below. So Darrow and Mustang sneak down to the ship, enter the passenger compartment, where they find a dozen dead greys of Legio 13. Oh, great job. <laughs> it's definitely Cassius's escort. Uh, they press forward into the ship and hear a grisly sucking sound from further up. Ooh. Is that, th- is that gross? <laughs> <laughs> As they walk forward, they see golds hanging upside down from the ceiling, still stuck in their restraints. Beneath them hunch five obsidian man-eaters. They're eating those golds. Like real By good. By the way, man eaters also means cannibals. Yeah. But man eater. They were referring to him as man eaters. That's that why. Is that a Hollow Notes song? I don't know. I think so. Maybe. Tight. So, somebody look that up. Call in. The man eaters then attack Darrow and Mustang because they see them, and um, Mustang and Darrow fight them off as the best they can with their razors. Mustang takes an arrow to the shoulder, and then they hear a terrible howl from outside the ship. The darkness ripples with a new shape. It's Ragnar. Hey, bud. He kills everybody. <laughs> <laughs> then Darrow and Mustang send him to fetch Holiday as they explore the rest of the ship, looking for supplies they can use. They all patch themselves up and then weld the doors of the ship shut so that they will be safe for the night. Holiday cooks up a, a large batch of pasta. So they're having a pasta. They're having so a feast of their own here. Tim Gerard, who I assume is British, I don't know. He says pasta. Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. And then everybody sits around. They're taking comfort in their meal and the relative safety that they've found for the evening. Uh, and Ragnar starts telling stories about his childhood on the ice. And then Mustang starts telling stories about her mother, who ended up like killing herself, it sounds like. And this kind of, by telling these stories, she illustrates why she thinks the world needs to change and why she wants to be something different than the monster that was her father. Chapter 29, Hunters. They wake in the morning and the storm has passed. By midday, they find Cassius's camp from the previous night. Ragnar follows the group's tracks because he's total badass out in the wilderness mm-hmm. and then returns to Mustang, Darrow, and Holiday. He confirms it's Aja and Cassius, along with a squad of greys and three peerless that they are following. He tells them that they're heading for Asgard, Thor. <laughs> Do you think Thor is there? <laughs> like, he's definitely a gold, but instead of a razor, he has a hammer. Also, yeah. my boyfriend. Um, <laughs> so, the gold seat of power is Asgard, and that's where they're heading. A tribe of man-eaters is following them, and bodies litter the trail. The group makes the tough decision that they're going to have to try and take Aja and Cassius off the board, which is a horrible decision. Bad decision. During that whole talk, I was like, nope, nope, don't do it. Actually, it totally would have worked unless if we'll we'll talk about it. Okay. 
So they follow the trail and hunt them, repaying the debt that they owe both Cassius and Aja for all the deaths of all their friends. So the trail is easy to follow as it's littered with blood and bodies, and there's also fire in the distance. Mm-hmm. And Aja and Cassius are losing a lot of people to the man-eaters as they make their way. Then they hear a shrill horn echo, which means the man-eaters are calling off the hunt. So Darrow and their group pick up their pace, and then they finally find the prey down below, making their way across an exposed snowfield with a bunch of crevasses. It's important. Convenient crevasses. Crevasses. So Ragnar has Darrow lead him on a path to cut Cassius and Aja's group off at a pass that they must travel through based on the geography that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. He wants to draw their eyes to distract from other people. So Darrow and Ragnar stand at the pass and they're like, what's up? <laughs> let's bounce. I love the trash talk they're, there. They're totally like <laughs> stepping up. Like, let's take this outside, you know, yeah. like totally badass. Darrow and Ragnar uh, are calling out, or Darrow calls out to Aja, trying to draw her forward, because they want to pinpoint which one's Aja, because keep in mind, they have their masks on. Right. You can't tell. They talk, bunch of trash. Ragnar steps forward, razors drawn, which is a signal to Holiday, who's hiding with her sniper rifle. Cassius is like looking around, like, what's going on? Mm Because he knows there's a trap, because it's Darrow, and Darrow always... knows Darrow's always, always up to something. Darrow's like... He's Cassie's like, I don't see horse carcasses, so they got to be somewhere else. I love that Daryl also, that was his first idea was to bury themselves yeah. and then pop Ooh, up. Remember when we like surprised Darryl, him? you've used that before. Let's surprise him again. It'll be so fun. So just before Holiday takes her shot, fucking Cassius, Ben, I'm blaming Ben because he loves Cassius. <laughs> Cassius saves Aja and pushes her out of the way. The bullet misses her and kills the great behind her, a.k.a. his head explodes. Aja <laughs> then uses the remaining gold, selfishly, as a human shield. <laughs> I bet the gold's like, fuck, I'm the last expendable person right. here. Um, Cassius uh, fires his dying pulse fist back where Holiday had shot from, and the rocks explode around Holiday and Mustang's hiding place. Ragnar and Darrow charge Cassius and Aja, and they all clash, and it, it all happens fast and awkward because they're all like equally talented with fighting. I thought fighting. that was hilarious that they all almost kill each other yeah, in that first move. There's like a hair's <laughs> width between everyone dying within like a second. Yeah. That, that's terrifying. Yeah. I would definitely have already died. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I would have died in the cold for sure. I would have died in the mine, let's be honest. <laughs> so. So they all split apart. Darrow and Cassius fight. Cassius almost kills Darrow because he's been practicing and he's got two arms. But Mustang shoots him through the neck with an arrow. Like, that is not an ex you want to fuck with. Right. (laughs) You know, that is some, like, ex-girlfriend bullshit. I bet he's like, but I After she found that he kept her earring, too. Yeah. He's like, I thought I gave you the D. (laughs) As he's falling with an arrow in his neck. Aja and Ragnar are also going at it on the other side. Ragnar is being cut apart, but he's still holding his own against Aja. At the last moment, Aja uses her will away, and Darrow sees it coming, but Ragnar doesn't. And she cuts Ragnar through the spine, all the way out his belly button, and then stabs him twice more in the stomach just to be a bitch. 
So Mustang and Ragnar angrily charge Aja, but she sidesteps all of Mustang's arrows. And then before Aja can attack them, her eyes go wide and she looks to the sky behind Mustang and Darrow. She spins to run, but the edge of the crevasse gives way and she loses her balance and falls into the darkness. Does she die, Ben? Hmm. Hmm. No, we get her back. We're going to get this bitch. We're going to get her. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 30, The Quiet. Aja is gone as Darrow and Mustang rush to Ragnar's side. Blood pulses out of his open stomach. Darrow wants to save his friend, but he knows he cannot. Ragnar points to the sky behind Darrow and says, Sefi. They then see why Aja fled as a griffin with an obsidian lands on the snow behind them and sounds a horn. Twelve more griffins land around them as the lead rider steps toward them. Ragnar recognizes her immediately. It is his sister, Sepi the Quiet. Ragnar shares his final moments with his sister. He knows it is too late to be saved and wants to die on the ice and under the wild sky. He then explains the real reason he came to the spires. Words are not going to suffice with his mother, Aaliyah Snow Sparrow. She is not one to be convinced by words. He came here to kill his mother. This is him giving permission to Darrow to do the deed himself, basically. Sefi then pulls a knife from her boot, preparing to end Ragnar's misery, but he shakes his head and points to Darrow. Darrow pulls out his razor and holds it over Ragnar's chest. Sefi scrambles to put a weapon in his empty hand, wanting him to die as a warrior. Ragnar drops the axe and then tells his sister to live for more. He then nods to Darrow, who plunges his razor into Ragnar's chest. Darrow's friend and protector, Ragnar Volaris, has left this world. Moment of silence. That was horrible. That was really tough to read. (laughs) I was cheering up. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> Thanks, Pierce. I uh, I think I don't like you anymore. You're an evil, evil man that we, for some reason, love with all of our hearts. Do you think that Pierce was crying as he typed those? Because I know that we were. Yeah, I mean, I've heard like when uh, like George R. R. Martin was writing the Red Wedding that he wrote the entire book first and then went back and wrote that single chapter and he was like he said he was just weeping like the entire time so i wouldn't doubt if pierce was you know shed a tear for ragnar at this moment like if he didn't then he's a sociopath right <laughs> okay so now we know what happened and that super sucked so <laughs> i'm gonna leave bye <laughs> bye howlers let's talk about the theme for the chapters and what ties all of them together depression Uh, this week's theme is tough decisions so we see this like multiple times throughout these chapters the characters are faced with a a a difficult decision and ultimately have to make a choice one way or the other because there's really very limited options in a a lot of the scenarios so uh, it's kind of littered throughout and it helps to uh, grow our characters and provide some context for like kind of where we're going so mm-hmm. the first tough decision that we had was holiday she has this tough decision where she's here to protect darrow and she's all about the mission you know how she's a dragoon like a gray soldier like that's part of her 
It's like, we have to, yeah, we have to complete this mission. So, and she did this as we know before with Trig, right? Which had to be even harder than this moment for sure. And so, this is when Ragnar is still stuck under the ice. And she's made it up. She says, something is down there. Ragnar pulled it off of me. I'm going down, I say. This is Darrow. She says, what? Holiday snaps. It's pitch black. You'll never find him. You don't know that. You'll die, she says. I won't let him go. Darrow, stop. She throws down the pulse fist and pulls Trigg's pistol from her leg holster and shoots it in front of my foot. Stop. I will shoot your leg out before I let you kill yourself. That's what you're doing if you go down there. You'd let him die? He's not my mission. Damn. Yeah. It seems cold, but she, I think Holiday sees the, obviously the purpose behind Darrow is more than himself. Like he's the face of this whole rising and Ragnar, as important as he is, is not as important as Darrow. Right. And we got to remember what just happened. Like literally Darrow, you know, a couple hours before this, had just given a speech to all of society. And got everyone super jacked. Yeah, and we're talking about the rising tide at this point. So he is like the most important figure, have to keep him alive, Mm -hmm. even if it comes at the expense of Ragnar. And this is just kind of a first setup. We've got Ragnar going to the back of the ship and then falling under the ice. So, well, we've got Pierce like kind of setting us up for, I think, Ragnar's death here because like. He kind of fake dies. He kind of fake dies. Darrow, they get him out, and then Darrow has to give him CPR, and he he laughs again, like, "All mother, Odin, you're not. I'm not coming mother. yet." Yeah. yeah, and so we see this again, you know, down the line here, and and this is just the first part of it. Definitely, and yep. I think Holiday also, she's seen Darrow at his weakest point. I think Darrow still in his head thinks he's invincible, even though he's been crushed. He's like. He's all momentum, like we've talked about. So he's not thinking like, oh, I might not get him out and die myself. He's just thinking like, let's keep going, keep the momentum, save Ragnar. Like he doesn't really consider that he could be uh, dead trying to save Ragnar. And then also in that moment, Mustang makes that decision to save Ragnar. Yep. This is like, oh, Mustang is super bay. I already said that, but... She's saving an obsidian. Yeah, she's really stepping up to the plate. Interesting for gold. And then also, I think this is also where Holiday really starts to like respect Mustang. Yeah, this is the first uh, moment first of step. that. Yeah, first step of that. And I would agree with what you're saying there on your first point. Like, I think Darrow just, he had made that promise to himself that he's, you know, going to die with my friends. And mm-hmm. he's just all about, like, I'm not going to let my friends die anymore. I'm not going to let them get hurt anymore. Whatever happens, he's going to sacrifice himself if need be or whatever because he's just in a different spot with that. Like he doesn't want to lose any more friends mm-hmm. or lie to them or feel like he's failed them in, right. some, in some way. As a group, they're kind of fucked, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they know they're going to freeze to death. Holiday, her suit's compromised. She's definitely going to die first. Um, so as a group, they make the tough decision to pursue Cassius and Aja and to go to the shipwreckage. This is a super tough decision because they don't know who's on the ship. And they got lucky that the man-eaters chased everyone off and also, like, killed most of the golds on the ship. Right. Um, because if if that hadn't have happened, then they would have been dead in super the water. Fucked, yeah. You know, 
the quote here is, can we catch them? Ragnar says, they carry many supplies, water, food, injured men now too. Yes, we can overtake them. Why are we here, Mustang interjects? It's not to hunt Aja and Cassius down. The only thing that matters is getting Ragnar to the spires. Yep. This is like right when they find their trail, their camp after they've gone to the down ship. And this is a huge moment here. This right. is like a like, turning point in the books. And I, I mean, Mustang, that's a great question from her. It was like, yeah, we should be, this goes back to kind of what Holiday is saying. What's our mission? Right. And at this point? we're not here for revenge. And th- that whole talk, especially knowing what happens, you get pretty mad at Darrow because he's like all about it. And he just had this moment where Ragnar almost died and he had to give him CPR. And then he's like, yeah, Ragnar, you can totally take Aja. So in, so are Ragnar and Holiday, though, too. Yeah. They're both in They're on like, it. Like, and Mustang's the only one who's, because she's smart. Right. And she's, over these years that uh, that Darrow was locked up, she's seen Cassius, like, gaining power while she's been fighting. So I think she kind of is more worried about the fact that they're not able to beat Cassius, especially if Aja's there. And that takes us into this next quote, because this is where Darrow convinces Mustang that this is the right move. And he starts with, can you kill Aja? I ask Ragnar. Yes. (laughs) No. No, No, you can't. No, you can't. (laughs) Nobody can. All right. He said, this is an opportunity, I say to Mustang. When else will they be so exposed without their legions, Without the pride of gold protecting them, these are champions. Like Severo says, when you have the chance to waste your enemy, you do it. This is one time I'd agree with the mad bastard. If we can take them off the board, the Sovereign loses two Furies in one week, and Cassius is Octavia's link to Mars, and the great families here. If we expose her negotiations with you to him, we fracture that alliance. We sever Mars from the society. At that point, Mustang is like, yeah, this actually does sound like, like maybe an idea that we could we could accomplish. And then Ragnar says, and we owe them a debt. For Lorne, Quinn, Trigg, they came here to hunt us. Now we hunt them. And that definitely feeds into Holiday's desire for revenge. Like she's like, Aja's oh, yeah. here, I'm fucking killing them. Oh, yeah. Like, she's all about it. Also, maybe take the shot a little quicker, Holiday? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, like... In, <laughs> well, keep in mind, she can't tell which one's Aja. Right. And Ragnar, stepping forward, tells her immediately that it's Aja. Yeah. And then I'm sure, like, we're reading, which is slower than what actually happened. Like, I'm sure Cassius, like, immediately pushes her. Yeah, Cassius just knows what's up with Darrow's tricks. He just knows Darrow too well. I'm not a fan of your homeboy because Ragnar would be alive if he wasn't there. I think because by the Holiday end of the book, probably wouldn't have missed. you're going to have a different opinion. Okay. Okay, yeah, moving on to the next one, we have Mustang. She makes the decision to shoot Cassius with the arrow. And I'm not sure how tough of a decision this was. She makes it like as a snap decision. But... It's got to be like emotionally fraught decision for her to make. Like even even though she doesn't hesitate and she immediately like puts the arrow through Cassius' throat, it's still like it's difficult for her because this is her putting herself on one side of the war, no matter what. Pretty much, mm-hmm. it also it just basically like cements her place next to Darrow. At this point, she yeah. saves his life and is like, "I'm with Darrow, I'm with the sons. Like we're gonna do this." She's like, "I realize I've dated both of you, but." 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot this one just so you know. I'm definitely on your side. Right. Stop! Mustang shouts. She's twenty meters away, aiming her bow at Cassius. Hand quivering from the strain of the taut string. I will put you down. No, he says. You would. The bowstring snaps. He jerks his razor up to deflect the arrow. Misses slower than Aja. The serrated iron tip punches through the front of his throat and out the back of his neck. I love this part. The feather fletching, scratching the underside of his dimpled chin. And Ben's like, I wish I was tickling his dimpled chin. (laughs) Yeah, so? (laughs) On the... um, facebook group someone was talking about like how like how is cassius still alive and ragnar's not you know yeah he got shot in the fucking neck right obviously it missed his spine or else he would be dead yeah it would just be like a blood thing and they have the res flesh and like they can stop bleeding pretty quickly it seems like but most people who get shot in the throat no the whole point was like seriously like (laughs) right no yeah i mean i get it but also, like, Ragnar pretty much gets cut in half by a razor. He does. That's yeah. also true. <laughs> so. <laughs> so Mustang, um, like you said, makes this tough decision. But also, like, she's so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a great moment for her. And she's, like, running and shooting before this. And then I love how Cassius is like, you're not going to shoot. Like, really. He doesn't even have the chance to say the entire sentence that he wants to say before she (laughs) she's like oh try me (laughs) so great yeah (laughs) damn that's cold yep so then um another tough decision that we find out in ragnar's last moments is that he had kept this from darrow that he was planning to kill his mother and that's the whole kind of reason he was going there or that was like the solution to getting the obsidians from his tribe was yep. to kill his mother because he knows that she's compromised by the gold it's like she right. knows the secret and she just takes advantage of her position as queen basically and mm-hmm. he knows like she's not going to give that position up and he's coming down there to kill her and the quote is from ragnar there is much undone Sefi. Did my men find you? Sefi nods, staying hunched over her brother, her white hair flying about her in the wind. He looks to me. Darrow, I know you think words will suffice, Ragnar says in R8 lingo, so that Sefi cannot understand. They will not. Not with my mother. This was what he did not tell me. Why he was so quiet on the shuttle, why he carried dread upon his shoulders. He was coming home to kill his mother. And now he's giving me permission to do just that. That is some family drama. Yeah, that's pretty heavy stuff right there. And this is also Ragnar, I think, accepting his death and passing on this burden to Darrow, which he beforehand wanted to carry alone. Darrow and Sefi, too. Like, he's kind of lets her know as well. And ultimately, she's the one that, you know actually Does ends up it? doing the deed. And that takes us to our last final tough decision. Uh, I don't can I leave the room? Darrow must end his friend's life. He shudders in pain and Sefi pulls a knife from her boot, unwilling to watch him suffer any longer. Ragnar shakes his head at her and nods to me. He wants me to do it. 
I shake my head as if I can wake up from this nightmare. Sefi stares at me fiercely, daring me to contradict her brother's last wishes. I will die with my friends. Oh my god, that fucking line got me <laughs> so hard. Like, that line got me so hard when I was reading uh... it. I numbly let my razor slither into my hand and hold it over his chest. There's peace at last in Ragnar's wet eyes. It's all I can do to be strong for him. I'm going to have to take a moment. <laughs> this, is, this is terrible. All right, now that we have discussed this week's theme of tough decisions, let's go ahead and move on to the Prime 5. Can we back up to the tough decision that we didn't mention where Pierce kills Ragnar? <laughs> Pierce's tough decision. I think Ragnar was designed to die and break our hearts. You know, I just, the this whole book, I'm like, <laughs> Pierce is fucked up. Like, first the whole tortury box situation and Victor's torture. And I'm like, he's, he's kind of dark. And then now this. Yeah. I think he wrote these books just to be evil and break everyone's hearts. This uh, third book is a lot different. I remember thinking it was a lot different than what I expected to happen. You mean like in terms of you don't feel victory the whole time, and yet even though we're winning, we feel terrible (laughs) along the way. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, that was the last tough decision uh, by Pierce. I hope it was a tough decision at least. I'm sure it was. Like I said, I'm... I would bet that Ragnar was designed to die the entire time, but as he built him and wrote his character, I'm sure he fell in love with him just like we did. I hope so. All right. So that brings us to Prime 5, which is five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. Okay. Let's start with the first one. We've got a possible, maybe a possible tongueless foreshadowing here. Possible. from Possible. Iron Gold. We'll talk about it a little bit. So th- they talk about Ragnar's father. The quote is, I never knew my first father, Ragnar says, meaning his birth father. He went on to become a slave before I was born. My mother never speaks his name. I do not even know if he lives. We can find out, Mustang says. We'd have to search the Board of Quality Control's registry. Not easy, but we can find him. What happened to him, if you want to know? And then Ragnar's like, I do want to know. And then guess what? He doesn't get to find out. Right. So you were saying that there's this but, like theory has been debunked that Tunglis is Ragnar's dad. So I was reading this whole Reddit thread and um, basically Ragnar's too old for Tunglis to be his dad. But he's like 38 or something like that. Tunglis would have had to have a kid very young, basically. Like, Do you not think obsidians are fucking at like 12? Because I bet they are. <laughs> It, I mean, it could. I'm, I'm saying what the thread said. Like people, and there's also the theory that Tungless is a gold that was carved. Mm, so mm-hmm. there's all these theories because Tungless is so um, mysterious. Have you heard the, the the theory that Tungless is the jackal? That's no. Because he gets his like Daryl rips his tongue out. But the time's wrong. What do you mean? Tungless is around while the jackal's still the jackal. No, because the jackal dies at the end of Morning Star. We don't meet Tungless until Iron Gold. And if he's but, a carved gold, but he's like big. Why wouldn't? I'm if, just, I was just, I'm just throwing shit out. I don't say I believe it. I'm just if saying. You could get carved. Why wouldn't you get your tongue back? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 
I think that's stupid, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to whoever made up that theory. It's been um, shit do, on by Aaron. <laughs> I do hope. Uh, hey, I, I'm not trying to protect your feelings. I was just trying to have fun. So I I would love it if Tungless was Ragnar's dad and if that worked out. I'm not sure how old Tungless is and... We know that Ragnar was close to 40, so I'm not sure if it's possible, but if it were possible, that would be my favorite theory. Feels like he's got to be significant in some way. He he might not. I mean, there's a lot of people in this universe. Well, it just seems like the way he's written that... That's true. No, I agree. He's a significant... He he's has also some kind super of super cool, and we all like him because he likes the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It's cute. Um, howlers, what... Who do you think Tungless is? Yeah. Like, are there any other theories? Those are the only three I've Send heard. Send those in. Call in. Don't call me. Don't <laughs> stop saying that. Nobody has our phone numbers. You know, though, have you ever accidentally <laughs> called someone on Snapchat? Like the panic you feel. Right. How? How does? Why does Snapchat have calling capability? The first time that ever happened to me, I had no idea what was going on. I know it's weird, and then you get like a missed call from Snapchat. You're yeah. Like, Who the fuck tried to call me on Snapchat? <laughs> Don't call us. Okay. You can call. You can call us. You can call Ben. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, from Tungless. Uh. Prime 5 Part 2, we are talking about how even though we obviously hate this person, you have to give her props. Aja is a fucking badass. And she really is. Her badassery, if you will, wow. is on full display because she catches a razor out of the fucking air. That was like, what the fuck? And everyone's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. it can't, the whole, like, the snow even stops falling. Right. Everyone's just like, ooh, <laughs> that's not good. Uh, Yeah, that moment with, is. With her hands. Insane. <laughs> she, yeah, and that's, oh, all of a sudden, Daryl's like, oh, yeah, Lauren told me about this. Like, <laughs> don't fight Aja. I'm remembering now. Maybe you should have mentioned that before, Daryl. That's my point. That whole conversation, <laughs> I'm like, seriously? And at this point, we've seen Ragnar skewer like two or three people by That's throwing a razor. He's exactly. Got, he's got two for a reason. <laughs> One is for skewering. <laughs> he's done this before, and not, and he throws a freaking ra- razor end over end, and she catches it out of midair. And like turns into herself. They can't even tell if she's dead. What a fucking... And, and she's, then she's like, what's up? Yeah. And she, we talked about like Darrow's like looking at her. Uh, when they they meet them on the pass or whatever, and she doesn't have a single scratch on her after they've been chased by obsidian man eaters for yeah everyone a whole day. is either dead or like beat up like Cassius has like scrapes all over his scarab skin or yeah. seal skin she's untouched she's just like yeah uh, I'm good so we yeah we've heard about her reputation and we've seen her in action just a little bit like when she beat the shit out of Quinn. And throwing Darrow around on the, on the shuttle. ship. But this is her and her full, like, She's like, oh, you guys want to brawl? Let's do it. And then, yeah, so this, like, remember this moment because this is going to make the end of the book that much sweeter. We're going to have a fucking party and we're going <laughs> to dance all over her dead body. <laughs> but props, I mean, this is a bad guy that you can really like, you know? Yeah. Like, well, you just have to respect her. Yeah. She, like, 
if she was like, hey, join my team, I'd be like, yep, yep, on it. <laughs> Definitely. I have no morals because you are scary. Like, she, she's amazing. What can I do? Do you need, like, a foot massage? Right. Can I get you a coffee? <laughs> I also love that Pierce made, like, the best fighter in this whole universe, a woman. Mm-hmm. And, like, a black woman at a, that. A black woman and a mm-hmm. badass, like, bald, like, just yeah. killer. I mean, she's so cool. Yeah. He could have easily made it a man. Yeah. And that I would think, be the typical. Right. Like Ragnar's yeah. probably as closest to her equal in fighting and she cuts him apart. Like, like doesn't um, even touch her. Right. So I think uh, she's definitely a great part of this book. And I'm glad that we have her, except not this. You got you to love a character that you can hate as much as Aja. Like you really have like anger towards her but that just means that she's a great character right you know and also she's uh really good at fighting yeah fucking badass that's for sure all right let's move on to number three yes on the prime five list and that's this little mini horror movie that pierce writes right in the middle of these chapters so we've got the downed ship and we're like walking into the cabin got those lights like flickering on and off i love how he has like the lights just like flickering on at the at the right moment and then like they flicker off and like oh shit right like <laughs> one, one of the man eaters looks at him yeah so they come in and they we've got golds hanging from the ceiling being skinned and eaten great great great, great, great. by some extremely scary looking obsidians With they're like black teeth they're wearing like bear like skin bears and stuff like that and the way pierce sets it up is really cool too because he he doesn't say that they're the man eaters that ragnar mentioned like it starts off with ragnar saying there's a bear mm-hmm. so at first you're like oh a bear is eating everyone right but then he says like the black eyes intelligent eyes staring yeah. out from the the bear head or whatever yeah below because they're wearing like the bear skin over the top of their right. heads yeah and you're like oh it's oh it's the man eaters yeah and they look Slash back cannibals. and then the lights go off and they lunge at Darrow and Mustang it's just awesome I love the moment where Darrow like punches the arrow above Mustang's head yeah. and like oh he loves her <laughs> <laughs> and then the lights come back on and there's like a dude trying to eat. Uh, oh, Daryl's face. He bites into with sharpened teeth. He bites into his jaw, and then Daryl's yeah. like screaming. Yep. He's eating him alive. That is terrifying. Right. And then the lights go off again, and then a bigger monster shows up. But this this monster is a monster we love. He's on our team. It's Ragnar. He comes in. He like shadows in, kills everybody, and the lights come back on. And he's like holding someone's head. And he, yeah. <laughs> And has a razor in another person's chest, like, or he he's holding a head, and then they see him like cut off another person's head or something. <laughs> and then the one of the um, cannibals, she's she's saying to him like, "Kill me, stained." Yeah, you know. Yeah, she's ready because they she's eaten she the flesh who, of gold, so she's gonna go like yeah yeah she's become turn one into of the gods. God. Yeah, crazy mofos. But that was a nice little like. Like I said, it was like a little mini horror movie that Pierce wrote for a second there. And Ben actually likes horror movies. I Love. am a pixie when it comes to horror <laughs> movies. Um, so our last two Prime Fives have to do with Ragnar, of course, because he is our best friend and he's gone. Um, mm-hmm. 
Ragnar has like a super amazing speech before he fights Aja and Cassius before it explodes. Ben, do you want to read it? Yes, and I really feel like this just like really explains his evolution as a character and what the rising is really all about is like this stuff right here he's talking to aja he says your father bought me aja shamed me made me his devil a thing the child inside fled the hope vanished i was ragnar no more he touches his own chest but i am ragnar today tomorrow and forevermore I am son of the Spires, brother of Sephi the Quiet, brother of Darrow of Lycos and Severo Albarca. Golly, I am the shield of Tinos. I follow my heart, and when yours beats no more, foul knight, I will pull it from your chest and feed it to the griffin of the... And then that's when Holiday takes her shot. Yeah, he's at, he's kind of posturing to like... It's a great fucking speech, though. Right. He's, he's like, he knows that he's buying time. Right. But it's also all true and right. so inspiring. He's really speaking from the heart at that point. And he, I love how he's just like, brother of Darrow, brother of Severo, like, on right. the shield of Tinos. That's so amazing. I love it. And just before that, you got to remember what Aja says. She's like, telling Darrow about like, how... the pink whores. Yeah. And that's what, that's what Ragnar is addressing there. It was like... When your father bought me, he's like, he shamed me. I turned into an animal. I didn't turn it. I was like no longer myself. And so it's so Mm -hmm. great that he's like, Ragnar sees himself as a human being again. Right. And he acknowledges that growth and that um, he has been given this power of freedom Mm -hmm. by Darrow. And he's repaying Darrow by protecting Tinos and by being their brother. And living for more. Live for more. Which takes us to the final words of Ragnar. That's our final prime five. This his last his last thing that he says is just like the man. The, it's, I mean, it's the so, whole time it's the, be, it's the just, best thing I ever. I was just crying. I was trying to wash dishes at one point. And I just <laughs> was crying too hard to see the dishes. <laughs> it was bad. Just the last thing he says to Darrow is so sweet. It's so perfectly Ragnar. And the fact that he makes a joke, which is right before he leaves us, is, is just amazing. And, okay, so he's already told Darrow that, like, I will die with my friends. And the last things that he says is, I will give Eo your love. I will make a house for you in the veil of your father's. It will be beside my own. Join me there when you die. But I am no builder, so take your time. We will wait. He's also by building me a house. <laughs> I'm surprised you could read that through all those tear stains. Oh my God. <laughs> Just got a little emotional already. Wrinkly pages. Yeah. As horrible as this all feels, like what a great death. And cheers what? to Pierce for making us actually feel emotions in this cold world. <laughs> right. Like what an amazing impact. By the way, like this is probably 200, this is 230 pages into Morningstar is where Ragnar dies. And he probably showed up in Golden Sun, what, probably about 100, 150 pages into Golden Sun. So we really only yeah. have like... Like one whole book? One book with right. Ragnar. And he makes this much of an impact where he's a character that is like a touchstone for all of us Hallers. Like this right. is just an amazing feat of writing. And we're all bonded on the pain of his loss, but also like 
the joy that he brought us all. Right. And one of the things I noticed in this reread is just like how little time we actually do get with Ragnar. Yeah. And especially this new Ragnar, this like after he has the year of growth, like Uh after Darrow is uh, boxed up. Boxed up. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's crazy. I think it's just, like we said, it's a testament of Pierce's writing drink. And it's it's such a great character. Pour one out for Ragnar. As you do drink, yes. So uh, we made it. We did it. Wow. We, I feel very sad. <laughs> when you were reading that, I was like, I already I did my makeup. I don't want to cry. I know. I've got tears in my eyes right <laughs> now. Mascara <laughs> scenes. <laughs> like, All right. So uh, now that we finished the Prime Five, thank you, Ragnar. Um, it's time to name our Primus of the Week, where we choose our one character who conquered the Proctors of Plot and rose above the rest. Our Primus of the Week is... Mustang. Oh my God. Thank you, <laughs> Mustang. I think there's a technical case to be made for it being Aja, but we're not going to entertain that here. She didn't pee on anyone, and you, <laughs> if you're a bad guy, you only can win if you pee on someone. It's it's probably technically Aja for taking like Darrow's best fighter off the board, but Mustang has a great fucking week. So yeah, and we like Mustang a lot more. <laughs> and I'm tired of being sad. So, <laughs> yeah, if we, if we should have picked Aja, but we don't want to be sad. So it's Mustang because lots of things. Yes, the case for Mustang is that first she saves Ragnar from dying. She ju- she dives in the hole, right? And in, in the process, gets the creepiest ass creature in the world stuck to her back. That's like eating her alive and dragging her to a hole. Right. She's screaming like, "Get it off me!" <laughs> so yeah, she saves Ragnar, and she also saves Holiday from Darrow attacking her. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And she does that without hesitation. And it's this is her like trying to prove herself. And I love that Mustang understands those moments. And she's just so aware and, like, so yeah. good about that type she's of stuff. She's good at kind of stepping back and seeing the entire board and, like, being like, this needs to happen. Right. And does it. Exactly. And then she, action. Yeah, exactly. And then she's the person that will step up and do it. And then she also saves Darrow twice. He's getting his face eaten off. From the man-eater. Yes. And so she, she razors that guy. And then the big one. Puts she an arrow sh- through Cassius's throat. She shoots her ex. Yes. Which a lot of us would be fine doing do you think she enjoyed that she probably did i don't think she hates cassius i mean it's um, probably more of like a pity thing she kind of she kind of used cassius when they were dating right. to uh, be in that inner circle of the sovereign and i think she does care for him i don't think she hates him so it, i think it was probably a tough decision oh i'm sure it was but she, but she makes did, it without hesitation yeah she's like all right you're yeah. gonna kill daryl i'll kill you right and then by doing the things that she does in these chapters, she basically cements her place with Darrow and the Sons of Ares. Like, she is going to be next to Darrow. Not behind him, but next to him. Like, she's part of... She's leading this with him. Slash in front of Darrow leading the entire race Right. when she's sovereign. Time and again throughout these chapters shows her commitment to their cause and their mission and you can actually see this personified by Holiday's changing attitude towards her through these chapters. Like Holiday yeah. starts when she's getting on the ship and she's they're like, heading to the South Pole. Are you going to put her down? Right. Like, what's going on? She hates her. Like, well, she just really doesn't like her. She thinks it's a really bad decision on Daryl's part. Right. 
And then... Because she's, like, old, like, right. you know. Right. As the chapters go on, she is cooking pasta for her. And pasta. Pasta. Also, kind of, Daryl sees... Daryl and Ragnar both see the reverence that she's starting to have towards Mustang. And they work together a lot throughout these chapters. And Mustang really is a natural leader. And mm-hmm. you... I mean, throughout all the books, you can see how good she is at it and it it's kind of foreshadowing to her future role as sovereign so this just shows that she's all in Mm -hmm. and keep in mind when she's shooting cassius she doesn't know that he's gonna survive right like she's at this point she's killing cassius she chose to kill him yeah so that's yeah she's like yep i'm on team daryl i just love her character she stays so true to herself at all times and when given the opportunity, like to prove herself, she always steps up. It's so, so amazing. She's also beautiful and has very <laughs> pretty hair. <laughs> that bounces in the wind when she her rides horse. her horse. <laughs> All right. So that uh, is our premise of the week. Good job, Mustang. I love you. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week? <laughs> I'll take the first. What are we into? Sure. I'm into this book called The Wise Man's Fear by Patrick Rothfuss. It's an amazing fantasy book. It's actually a sequel to a book that I talked about earlier on What Are We Into? called The Name of the Wind. Oh, yeah. So it's the second book in that series, The Kingkiller Chronicles. Wise Man's Fear is amazing. It's a thousand page book, but it's fucking worth it all the way. I would highly check, I would just highly recommend The Kingkiller Chronicles. King Killer Chronicles. King Killer Chronicles, yeah. Jeez, that's hard to say. So if you're into fantasy at all, I would definitely check these books out. They're they're different than other fantasy books, and it's kind of hard to describe, but they're amazing. Some of the best books I've ever read. Really enjoy it. Really enjoy them. Thank you. Yep. Wise Man's Fear, Patrick Rothfuss. Rothfuss. Uh, I'm also into a book. Is this our first double book, Rick? Maybe. Um, ben bought me this book for my birthday a few years ago, and I remembered it because I saw uh, Howler's post with like their bookshelf with all the Red Rising stuff. But on their bookshelf, they had this book, and I was like, oh my god, I love that book. I forgot about it. Um, it's called Replica. It's a novel by Lauren Oliver. It's this super good book about clones. And the, mm-hmm. the way the... You need the physical book, for sure, because the the way it's split up between these two viewpoints is really, really cool. And I don't want to like give it all away. Right. The book's like halved or whatever, it's right? It's halved. Yeah. And you can kind of read it either or both ways. And it's like upside down on the other side. So you can do chapter by chapter back and forth, or you can go all the way through one way, all the way through the other way. I did chapter by chapter. Nice. It's really cool. So you, you definitely need the physical book, not the audio book, even though I haven't listened. So I don't know. Um, and yeah, replica, Super good. It's uh, the protagonist has the plural. (laughs) (laughs) Protagonists are um, these cloned girls, basically. Okay. Yeah. So it's cool. It's really good. It's a quick read. I got through it pretty quick, and I I really liked it. Um, Lauren Oliver's Replica. Nice. All right. That takes us to Howler Q&A. We've got a Howler Q&A question this week from Michael Lee Howard Mayhew. That's that is like it's a great name. That is 
sounds like a knight, like a knighthood name, like Sir Michael Lee Howard Mayhew. He's got three first names. It's just a cool ass name. <laughs> it really is. I got to give a, sh- a shout out to Michael because he left us an amazing review on iTunes. Thank you. Yes. Reminder, everyone else do it. <laughs> yeah, you should also be like Michael. That Be like Mike. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, both Mikes. All right. Michael's question is, I wondered if prior to Red Rising, was there a series or of other fantasy or sci-fi that you really enjoyed? He says Star Wars was probably my number one, but Red Rising is right up there. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. I was also really into Star Wars, but... Um, when I was younger, I think the thing that hooked me on fantasy was this book series called the Redwall series, uh, by Brian Jocks. And there's a whole bunch of these. If you have like younger kids, I would highly recommend, and you want them to read fantasy or they're into fantasy. I would highly recommend these books. They're so great. It's basically like kind of, it's like animals, but they're knights and Narnia. It's kind of like that, but it's all animals. There's no humans involved, and so they live in, like, castles and stuff like that, and they do all the fighting, and then, so it's, like, the good animals, like, mice and squirrels fight against, like, rats and weasels and stuff, so it's, like, split up, it's split up like uh-huh. that, and there's a lot of fantasy tropes where you've got, like, destined warriors, like, cool swords, all this stuff like that. And it's a great, great series. There's a whole bunch of books in the series, like 20 probably, maybe what, even more. What was the name of the series? It's called the Redwall series. Redwall. Redwall. Mm-hmm. Also, Ben, you should mention that you know everything about every Star Wars character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Star <laughs> like Wars beyond was... the movies. Yes, I agree, Michael. Star Wars was my... I mean, that was my big obsession when i was a child so that's one thing everyone knows about ben is that he loves (laughs) star wars yeah i get asked about it a lot yeah um and then my i definitely was always into fantasy um i was also super into cartoons like on cartoon network Mm -hmm. but i definitely hated like real life stories or stories with people right (laughs) i um i didn't know about red why i probably would have really liked that but i loved the Chronicles of Narnia, and then I also read a lot of books about, like, fairies and dragons. I even yeah. had a pet dragon that lived under a bridge <laughs> in my backyard. That's my, awesome. The bridge isn't in my backyard. It was, like, <laughs> in a park behind my yard. Right. And his name was True, T-R-E-W. Wow. Yep, that's my dragon. Nice. So definitely a big fantasy life uh, when I was little. And then super into Sailor Moon. I'm Sailor Mars. Because nice. I'm from Mars. Um, <laughs> and then more recently, I really did love Hunger Games, Ender's Game, the Maze Runner series, yeah. Twilight. Like, I'm just really into all the young adult uh, fiction books. And I feel like Red Rising is a great bridge between all that young adult books that like I like. And then also um, more serious fantasy or fiction books. Right. So it really kind of blends all my favorite things, which is why I'm here. So uh, mm-hmm. thanks, Michael Lee Howard Mayhew, Sir Knighthood yes. of the <laughs> Red Rising series. Yep. If you have a question for us or a comment, please, please, please write in howlerpod at gmail.com. Um, we'll try to get all of them up here on the episode so that um, the listeners can hear your questions as well. Yeah. All right. What are we doing next episode on Howlerpod? Morningstar, chapters 31 through 36. 31 through 36. We're going to try and move on 
from this very sad podcast today. So, I mean, I need to take a nap. I don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's only more death in our future. You know, the ice chapter in Sefi, like, it's pretty badass. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Sefi's pretty dope. Asgard. All right. Yep. Thank you, Howlers. Follow us. Instagram, Twitter, Etsy, Facebook. Email us, like I said, howlerpod at gmail.com. Please rate and review five stars only. You don't want to be eaten by cannibal obsidians. That will stick on you. Do you know what? If if it's not five stars, <laughs> Sefi is going <laughs> to talk for the first time and cut your head off. Yes. All righty. All right. Thanks, Howlers. Omnis Vir Lupus. Ow. Ow.